0: Welcome back to Fully Equipped, J-Wall, RB, Uncle Gene. No Chris this week, but he's busy doing fittings. He's making some money for True Spec, so we'll give him a pass there. All right, boys. As always, ton going on. Want to kick it off? We haven't had a ton of tour gear talk here recently, and you know I feel like this is the time of the year where, where we're going to see some things. Equipment manufacturers are sneaky. RB knows this. Gene knows this. They're very sneaky. They like to sneak those prototypes in when when we least expect it. And this is the perfect time of the year to do that. FedEx Cup is passed. We're no longer into the, the traditional fall series. There's been a lot of... Have you guys seen some of the reactions to the changes to the fall series? I saw Jimmy Walker's comments. Not to go totally off topic right off the bat, but there are some guys that are really pissed because they went from like the top 125 getting status for the following year And now it's you know they've changed it to that basically the top seventy are getting are getting status and then now everybody's playing for these what do they call them now preferred events like the the
1: uh, signature events signature events there's the signature events for the bigger ones and yeah I know it's it's tough to keep track of but yeah there's like signature events there's top fifty for like the the premier whatever the like whatever the top top tier events are. And then there's the other events, which are the 125, which I mean, still is a a relevant number, but it has to do with the points this fall accrued as well, which I think is interesting, which I think is what Jimmy was like getting upset about.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he was like number 124 and he was mentioning that people were texting him, congratulating him, and he was having to basically have this stock response for everybody. Hey, thanks. But the rules, you know, they've moved the goal line. And so it's no longer the case. Anyway, that's not the whole reason why we... (laughs) Oh, we have this podcast to talk about the the top one twenty five on the PGA Tour, but I bring it up because this is this is the quiet part of the season. A lot of the major names are are shutting it down, but there are a few of them that are still playing because next week, obviously Ryder Cup. So everybody's trying to get final tune ups in, and lo and behold, over there in England, John Rahm is is using a new putter. And you know everybody's shifting shifting their focus to to football and baseball playoffs are right around the corner, so nobody's really paying attention to that stuff. But we are, and John Rom has a I called it a secret putter because he didn't talk about it during during his presser. Nobody asked him. Nobody over there cares, but we do. And this putter, guys, is really fascinating. So. Rom's still using an Odyssey an Odyssey Rossi, but he's no longer using the silver white-hot OG Rossi S that he had been using for most of the season going back into last year. This is a black version, all black head. And I don't know if that's just to kind of conceal it and, and keep it covert, but it, it's a new finish. It, it looks very similar in, in shaping to his previous Rossi, but there's a lot of stuff going on on the bottom of this putter. RB, have you seen the pictures? Yeah, it looks it looks pretty busy. I think if you look at the... Busy is a great word to describe it. Th- there's a lot going on in
1: the sole. There is definitely something that is closer towards the the face on the sole. Um, uh-huh. And the insert looks smaller, right? So rather than having like the full, I would say, let's say two and a half inch insert across the face, it really only is probably an, maybe an inch and a half, which... In reality, if you're missing outside of that, you're screwed anyways. <laughs> but the, the it looks interesting, right? And I think there's there's definitely they're they're onto something. And I think this is where it is that time of the season where you know I'll be I just booked my flight to Vegas, so we're gonna we're gonna be Vegas, out there baby. as well, and to just see that, because there's a lot of players who are playing for cards who are looking for an edge and. There's there's always new stuff out there, and I think this is that time where we start to see some of the players who might be trying to get into that next place up. And even last week, so he Tagalo he won with the, the new ping irons in the bag,
2: Looper which Ness. they dropped
1: on us last minute. He put them in the bag that week, won with those irons, and it's like okay, well, you know, the players that are looking for that edge and might have you know already secured some points and are looking for that new that little extra advantage maybe going into next year. This gives them that playing time. That they wouldn't otherwise get in silly season. But by the way, they still get to play for
0: like 8 million bucks, which is a pretty sweet gig. <laughs> yeah. Gene, when, when do you in the process see like new product? Is it is it a lot closer to to when they're releasing it at retail? Or is it still like very much a prototype in the same vein? as like ROM's using a pretty, it looks like a pretty rough prototype. Maybe not like the the final version that we're going to be seeing when it comes to retail but like where where does where does it typically fall that you receive product in the in
3: the life cycle well you know it's interesting because it's it's all changed i mean you know all of these guys when i say guys oems they've got their product all wrapped up by this point and and it's it's simply a matter of uh you know determining the distribution schedule as to access influencers, media outlets, etc. I'm not in that pipeline anymore because they don't need me but when I was in that pipeline it was wild. I would sometimes test products a week or two before the PGA show and, and that is that is dangerously close to release. Well, this is before this is before demo day and everything like that. And a lot of times they just would have, uh, like photo samples ready. So nobody could even hit them, you know, and they, and they were, but this was back when the industry was smaller. Now everything's got to be buttoned up for 2025, probably in January or February. So, I mean, it's just the, the, the lead times are so much greater. But that being said, uh for smaller manufacturers, I'll start to see stuff in October, November. But still for very small manufacturers, I still have tested stuff a week or two before the PGA show, you know, just to um but, you know, they're more flexible. Their their numbers are less. When you're a Callaway or a tailor made, you know, you're forecasting that's that's what was so fascinating about um, COVID, you know, when COVID hit, everybody in this industry was polishing their resume because they thought golf was dead, right? No one was going to, you know, in this pandemic, no one was going to spend money on a leisure sport. Turns out that was the only thing to do. It exploded, but no one had product because of it. Everybody went out and bought product. So, you know, I've seen the ebbs and flows of this and everybody has been hesitant moving forward to like grow their inventory because they didn't know if this was an artificial bump, et cetera. So it's just been interesting to see, but the timelines are still there. If you're one of the top manufacturers, you have to have everything buttoned up and you know ready for production almost a year in advance.
1: I think the, um, the 300 mini driver is probably the, the best example of a company like we're tailor-made, saw if if anyone's curious like how much how long does it take in reality to like get a product out and even the jailbird after the US open like they knew immediately that people wanted this thing and they needed to get it back up and running and this the tooling is there the fa- the oh like the factories and manufacturers have the tooling overseas it's a matter of making a phone call and saying you know this stuff needs to be in our hands in 60 days 90 days whatever it happens to be and when you spend enough money, the you know you get bumped to the front of the line, and I think we saw that with the the three hundred because there was a demand for that or the burner, I guess sorry, uh, the burner to come back like people wanted that burner again. They're like, where are we going to get this this run of it? I had people asking me about it all the time. Said I don't know. Tailor Man doesn't give me any information on this stuff. I don't have any of this to like tell you if they're doing a second run or not. So either you can try and find one at a store that already has one in stock, or you can go online and pay you know twenty five percent more over retail because they have one there, right? So. Um, to, I, it makes me think when you when you say like the the smaller companies and, and doing the last minute stuff. I mean, I could only imagine just being like, you know, hey, the robot doesn't care what time of day it hits golf balls, right?
3: Right. You don't have to I've, wake I mean, it up
1: out of bed and be like, listen, man, I need you to be swinging at 115 today. Like you got to no, be stretched. You, you got to be ready.
3: You have to wake me up out of bed. That's the problem. So, <laughs> you know, no, we got to press it's, the button. Yeah, someone has got to press the button. It's really funny that you say that, RB. The the big thing you touched on there is they already had the molds, they already had the process ready. But even then, I guarantee you, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure it was still a limited run because you know, code one hundred percent
0: was a limited run.
3: Yeah, yeah, because the the foundry only has so many assets. So you know, you've got so many employees, you can only divert so many of them to to do this run. Um, and it's, it's, it, it, what's, what's really fascinating about golf is when I started and I've told some of these stories, it, you know, it was a cottage industry. It was a rummy industry. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I I knew so many characters and everything was kind of seat of the pants last minute, but now it's a corporate industry. It's a publicly traded companies. and, And because of that it's become much more of a bureaucracy and bureaucracies require organization and they require planning and it's the you know the analogy of the speed speedboat versus the battleship you know these companies are now battleships and to get them to turn it takes a long time and it takes a wide arc whereas smaller companies are still speedboats that they can turn on a dime and react what's what's always fascinating to me is you know, especially in relation to golf, man, you really have to be sure because, you know, a classic example was TaylorMade went to the weighted system with the R series clubs and Callaway didn't follow suit and it hurt Callaway for three or four years. And they didn't follow suit because number one, they had products in the pipeline, but number two, they didn't want to look like they were chasing TaylorMade, but in doing so they compounded, the issues, and that's when Taylor made shot to prominence, and Callaway really suffered. So it, it, it's you know do you, it, when you look at you know say like the Stealth, for example, you know if you're Callaway, if you're Ping, if you're Titleist, if you're Cobra, are, you're going. Do we chase? Do we see? You know, do we do we do a hybrid version? And and these are um, these are very challenging questions because nobody knows where the industry is going to go, and nobody knows what trend is going to hop on but whoever captures that like TaylorMade made with the weights man they get a they get a two or three year uh runway that's pretty much um unobstructed as far as their ability to sell this technology and no one else is able to pivot at that point
0: all right let's get back on topic here because i'm burying I, i'm burying the lead on this <laughs> on this john ron putter oh yeah new putter yeah, oh, new, yeah. new putter that's what we were talking about so as I mentioned, same—I shouldn't say same, very similar at least from the from the images that I've, I've seen. Similar head shape. It looks like it has the pretty similar heel-toe weights. I don't see a, a lot of change there. The the big things that stand out to me one, it's it's the wording on the bottom of this putter. So in a couple of pictures, it's kind of, this is interesting guys. So in one of the pictures, it looks like early on when Ron was using it in the week, you could see the word one on the soul. But if you look at pictures later in the week, it looks like he used a Sharpie to like black it out. But the words before the one are visible in, in pictures after the fact, like almost as if you maybe use Sharpie on the, on the letters, but it wore off and that's where you that's where you see the two most important letters a i ai1 now callaway and odyssey are are underneath the same umbrella and what has callaway been doing over the last what 5 to 7 years i mean they they were basically the torchbearer for the introduction of artificial intelligence into the golf space and that started with epic flash and and they've been able to tune the faces on their drivers using ai ai streamlines a lot of their processes i mean that again kind of similar to gene's robot like you don't have to wake this guy up and tell him to to you know be on his computer and you got to get up and get your coffee and get down to get down to hq and start start working this this computer runs and it's it's running different out the algorithms it's it's it basically, just fine-tuning the face at all hours of the day. It does make you wonder now, what the hell is AI doing to this, to this putter? Because that's, that's where my mind goes to. If the name of this putter is, A- is AI1, it's got to be an AI, an artificial intelligence-designed putter. But where's the AI coming into place? And I would say that it's, it's got to be the face. That the insert I don't know RB. Did you see the picture of the, the face insert? It looks different. Like there's some sort of a, I don't know, like a border or a ridge along the yeah, outer it, boundary of the of the insert. It doesn't have the the white hot logo anywhere on that face. And I don't know if it's just because it's a full on prototype, but there's something like, going on there. Yeah, I was
1: thinking it'd be like um, almost in a way like dual durometer. Like we've seen that a lot with like different inserts over, over time where yep. they'll put something behind it, or they'll put something in front of it. Actually, I played with a guy on the weekend. Uh again, I always say like I always like um it was like a little like charity scramble thing, and it was uh what was it? It was the white hot with the steel insert. Remember the one like the one that had the little steel in the middle of the face, but it was still the white hot insert, so it had more of like a click off the audible, but it was technically sound like softer. They like they're always working on these different things. And I think after micro hinge and micro hinge star and all these other things. Then they end up just basically going back to the, the standard white hot. It's kind of similar to how, you know, we're going to, t- I know you're going to touch on it later is the, um, is the tail made spider going back to like those spider, like kind of more original shapes is that really at the end of the day, they're, they're focusing on like something that's going to improve kind of down this like narrow pathway. And if it means the face insert, if it means more like normalizing ball speed, if it, maybe it's a feel thing, um, who knows? But I mean, the shape is the, is relatively the same. And I think that's where you're probably not going to see too much of a difference, especially for John Rom has been using the putter quite successfully. But have it be a ball speed or an MOI or some type of story there? I would imagine that's probably where it lives. But uh yeah, I, if it, if it's AI, I'd probably because they put it, they've kind of utilized it for everything else at this point. So um maybe that means for the golf ball, a couple of years <laughs> they're going to do something about it. But um it is interesting to kind of see where this where this goes because. They tell an interesting story, <laughs> if nothing else, you know, if I'm gonna be honest, like it makes for an interesting story when it when it comes to the new product time. And if there's something that is I'm I'm gonna assume it's probably a little bit of feel and ball speed related, because when it comes to putting, that's unless you're reading a
0: green, those are the other really important factors. Yeah. The other thing that I I notice and you would notice as well, there's something going on just directly behind the face and the soul sandwiched in between those heel and toe weights there's it, it's kind of like an oblong shape it looks like there's some sort of material in there I, I'm guessing it's it's like a heavy tungsten maybe there's there's something there but I don't know does it does it run directly behind the face does it help with the the overall feel of the putter or is it just there to help dial in the the overall weighting Pushing that weight further forward is is something that you would see if you were going to try and make a, a mallet feel more blade like. So I don't know. There's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot going on. The RB said said it best when he said the putter. It, there's a, it's busy. The soul is busy. There's a lot going on, but it's it's exciting. I I don't know if I've been this excited about a putter in a while, and I I know nothing about it.
1: I think it's it's shocking to me that you know we there's there's always these like and i hear it now a little bit with irons is like you know the p760 it's like oh we want the p760 back it was a great combo set from TaylorMade, and you hear about it but then like you go to TaylorMade, like it wasn't actually a great seller like you know yeah we're, we're used to it in the long iron still but overall it wasn't actually a, a, a product that was successful right it's like the nerds lobbed it but it didn't do didn't sell a ton right and the the what I think it's really funny now is that um, Scotty Scheffler used that, that forward center of gravity spider just for either like an alignment, but it felt blade like, you know, Taylor, me did that two years ago. And I, I remember posting about it. I was like, they had the FCG spider, which again, I don't think was a huge success at retail, but the technology was there. Now either it was a looks thing or they didn't tell the story right or something about the, like the product, the way it was designed and executed versus how it was approached at retail. There must have been some sort of disconnect there that people just didn't latch onto it. or They didn't believe this thing was a was a thing, right? Because there was no narrative behind it. Slowly, you know, players are moving into these forward center gravity blades that play or uh, mallet that play more like blades. Now everyone wants one. It's like, well, guys, you know, they did this three years ago and no one listened, right? Like, it's there's this there's this constant battle of like, do you it's just exactly what Gene said, right? Do you push forward with something? that you think is going to work and hopefully that like there's a story and there's a consumer like attachment to it, or do you just stick with what you know? Right. And I think this is the time of year where you start to see things seeded out. And it's not that they're like, they're going to cut stuff off, but I mean, there is this like, you know, what is the perception going to be? How are we going to tell this story? Cause that's, I'm telling you right now, there's a bunch of marketing departments sitting around big, long tables right now, figuring this stuff out and exactly how to put it out. So uh, that to me is what makes it so interesting.
0: All right, let's wrap Rom. A couple more that I did want to point out. Justin Thomas, final tune up before Rome. He tests a longer Titleist TSR3, 45 and a half inches. Uh, JJ Van Wiesenbeek, who's the head tour rep for Titleist, told me that it's just a shade over 45 and a half. And, uh, you know, JT's always looking for, like a lot of guys, I mean, Bryson was. You know, considering the idea of using 48 before the 46 cap went in place at Augusta, um, we talked to Kenton notes, being tour rep, who said Victor Hovland was testing 47 and 48 at one point just to see if there was an edge to be gained. We haven't seen it a whole lot, but obviously guys are are still looking for edges, and so JT thought. And this is JT's words that he would use this longer driver at maybe, maybe once during the season, maybe five times. <laughs> and lo and behold, he uses the gamer for the first round. And then he switches to this longer 45 and a half inch TSR three for the last three rounds. And he, I think the last, I think he lost like a stroke and a half off the tee during the final round. The first, The second and third round, he, he was pretty strong with the longer driver. And it, this one, I, I think the more fascinating piece of this is in the fact that it's longer. It's that he went to a lighter shaft, so he's not—he uh, was using a Mitsubishi Diamana sixty ZF, and now he's into a graphite design VF five X. So lighter shaft, longer. He's looking for distance, and we'll see if he uses it in Rome. But uh, here's another guy who's who's trying to chase. Trying to chase a bit more ball speed, and he was saying he's getting anywhere between two to three miles an hour swinging smooth with the uh, with the longer head. Not sure if it's if it's advisable for the average golfer to start going longer, but I know Ping. Ping's one of those manufacturers who their stock, their stock driver is what, 45 and a half, I believe. So there's yeah, nothing wrong. Right Martin talked about it before. Um Victor Hovland's talked about it. You know, the the if you go longer, you just need to make sure that you're like, uh, you know, somebody who's relatively consistent with your impact, but it can be done even if you're not JT. I think that there's the one, the other
1: thing too, as well, like when you go to a longer driver and you're swinging faster is you want to make sure you got a good hold on it. And one way to have a good hold on it is with a golf pride grip, because I got to let you know that that fully equipped is brought to you by golf pride. And we are thank you thankful for their support. Um, because studies show that when you have the right grip, Not only is it more comfortable, does it fit in your hands better, you can swing the golf club easier, but you're going to gain distance, not just with that longer driver, but with a nice fresh set of new grips as well. And there's lots of grips options to choose from. There's the MCC, which offers hybrid technology. So you've got cord in the upper hand and the lower hand is a softer rubber. And you've got the Z-Grip, which is their firmest performance grip that has cotton cord throughout it. So you get traction in all weather conditions. Now, if you're someone who just wants all-around comfort, CPX is their softest performance grip they've ever made. They use different textures to help reduce vibration so you can practice longer, hopefully improve your score while you're doing it as well. Or if you're looking for a wrap design, there is the CP2 which offers a control core which is a slightly because it is a very soft grip. There's a firmer piece under your top hand to help reduce torque so you get all of that control but in a softer grip. And if you're looking to try any of these grips and you want to, you know, look at their other options as well, including putter grips, you can go to Golf Pride dot com use code fully equipped that is l l y e you'll get free shipping on your next order that's available for all u.s customers and there is no minimum purchase required so remember head over to golfpride.com use code fully equipped, and check out their entire selection of
0: grip options there we go all right it's not that one I, I, I you did i'm glad you did because i was just continuing to ramble the only other one that i wanted to, to bring up was as rb mentioned he used the set of blueprint ping blueprint s irons very first week in the bag produces a w and from what we've seen so far out on tour there is a blueprint s and there's a blueprint t that have been floating around but haven't really gotten a lot of details on what exactly these irons are are you know who are they who are they designed for i think we can say definitively that the s is going to be a little bit more forgiving than the T. The
1: T is a blade of blade.
0: The T is a blade. Yeah, the T is a really clean blade, but it's the forgiveness comes in the S. But Soth, uh, you saw the, the S as the better option. And the interesting part about this guy is the thing that sold him on these irons is something that I think a lot of golfers are going to be excited about. So, similar launch, similar flight to his previous iron setup, but one of the things that he saw that he really liked was he was getting on slight misses. He was still seeing close to his stock distances, which is, I mean, as we've seen from from robotic testing, Gene having an iron that that doesn't see a significant drop off in carry distance if you miss it slightly off the heel or the toe. I mean, that's that's like a unicorn iron. Those are the ones that you yeah. keep in the bag for a long time.
3: He's missing it off the heel. He's not missing that off the toe. It's just that simple.
0: Yeah. And toe and it, toe hits you would see toe hits you'd see yeah. a more significant drop off. But yeah. it's it's yeah, kind we've of seen like that continue, in robotic it, testing. Yeah.
3: It's a continuation of last week. I mean, you've got to be hitting that center half inch towards the heel, and that's your miss. But you know, some guys make their money out there. Actually, a lot of guys make their money out there. Nick Valdo showed me his irons one time. And it was wild. The wear mark was like a quarter inch towards the heel. And he had no idea, you know, when I was explaining to him, you know, what, what the difference was. And, and, you know, six time major winner had no idea. He just, he just instinctively did not hit the ball out towards the toe. He grooved that swing and he found that spot on his irons that slightly shaded towards the heel And that gave him that comfort zone, you know? So, I mean, if you have that exceptional hand-eye coordination or that good, knock yourself out.
0: There you go. All right. There were some releases this week. One of them is Spider Tour. And we have Patrick Baxter, whose fingerprints are all over the new Spider Tour lineup on the pod this week to go deep on the new putter. But before we get to the interview, RB, there was another launch from PHG, the 317 T irons. I saw you pull it up and show it off for a quick second. But yeah, these bad boys are going to be designed for for the better player for sure, correct?
1: They, they snuck these in there. And I think, you know, that was the big question at the when they did the Gen 6 launch was like, where's the where's the small one? Where's the T? Where's the T? Uh, it was the question that all us gear nerd reporter people who were there asked and it became very evident that there probably wasn't going to be one and i think it makes sense right like there's a lot of companies that really distinguish their players line from their their more game improvement line or more i hate to use the term but like average golfer line mm-hmm. and although the the fairway woods and the drivers in the gen 6 series are definitely tuned towards basically anybody right like like a lot of companies right uh, but the other thing is like where do the 0317s fit in so there's the st there's the blade There's the CB, which I know I've played around with quite a bit, and then there's the new T's, which fit in very similar to the CB, except it's hollow. And the one thing that I think is interesting is they they talk so much about what they fill the the inside of these club heads with, right? And they use different materials like that. I that to me is like the fascinating part of it, and we see it from a lot of companies. Like different companies use different types of materials. Like TaylorMade has the Speed Foam Air now in a lot of in a lot of their stuff. Um, What is another one? Anyways, but I know there's I know there's more than one, but like they're always evolving like what they're using because it's going to create different results, right? If if you put concrete in, it's not going to work very well, and if you put water in, it's also not going to perform very well, right? You have to find that middle ground of of polymer and all this other stuff and and density and everything. So the big thing is they rather than using the same material, which I think is the it's called the X Core Two, which is in the Gen Six, they use something called S Core. So it's it's actually a firmer material because what it does is it for better players it actually increases spin to create stopping power so rather than using trajectory and height and center of gravity which we've saw, we saw in our robot testing pxg iron the gen six stuff performed extremely well um, as far as height and just for overall forgiveness and distance and everything this is not going to go as far it's not designed to go as far it's designed to offer more spin and more control and more spin means more workability for a, a golfer and I think these are, they're not, they're, their internal numbers, they say it's like, I think it's a 14. They probably use a six or seven iron to do the testing, but it's like 14% higher MOI. So you get a softer feel on mishits because it is hollow. It has the stuff inside of it, um, the polymer inside, but you get the more forgiveness. And if you look at the piece that I wrote for golf.com, you can actually see the sole profiles. I like took two seven irons side by side. And they're, they're very similar. There's probably a little touch less camber on the, the TD, which is probably where some of that MOI comes from because the weights just pushed a little further back, but there's also tungsten in the toe. And, you know, as we talk about tungsten, unless you want to use platinum or gold in a golf club, it is one of the most dense, stable materials on the planet. So it allows you to put it in a golf club. And so if you do miss it on the toe where you don't want to, as we've definitely experienced with the robot testing, uh you're going to keep a little bit more ball speed and that's going to help a lot of players. And they, and they look good too. I mean, they do, they do look, uh, they look quite nice. So.
0: Yeah. We'll be testing them soon. I think there's, I think there's, a uh, some product coming to Gene's place to, to get a little robotic testing and then we'll be able to provide some additional robotic insights, hopefully in the coming weeks. But I think this is a good opportunity now to transition into this week's interview. As I mentioned, we have Patrick Baxter. He is a product manager for TaylorMade, specifically on the putter and wedge side. And I had a chance to chat with him about the return of Spider Tour, a little bit about what the heck the these little TSS weights that are positioned all over the head, what do they do and why are they going to benefit certain golfers? Uh, we get into what's underneath the hood of this putter. There is a lot going on inside that you can't see. The Pure Roll insert, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler. It's a fun interview. Enjoy it. One of the most influential and important putters ever produced is making the comeback. That'd be Spider Tour. And if we're going to talk Spider Tour, we might as well go to the source. And that source would be Patrick Baxter. He is TaylorMade's product manager on the putter and wedge side. Patrick, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jonathan. It's great to be here. All right. So, obvious question right off the bat what what was the reasoning behind bringing Spider back? I mean, this is a putter that that initially came out Spider Tour in in 2008. Hard to believe it's been 15 years, but but why bring it back now again?
2: I'll tell you what. Uh, Spider is is one of our most iconic, you know, almost a brand within the the company of TaylorMade. Uh, Spider has uh, been number one selling mallet. Uh, we have we have a great putter. We have uh, t- tour validation. The putters, even though we hadn't had new models, our tour pros had been asking for older spiders. And so for the past couple of years, uh, just like any project uh, downstairs with our group of engineers and our product creation team, uh, we've been working on uh, developing a spider that delivers great sound, great looks. Um, and as you can see, um, you know, we've added True path. So there, there's an exciting lineup of Spiders, um, and, and we're excited to bring it to retail. So, uh, you know, it's great to see the Spider product, you know, even when I watch amateur golf uh, or, or I watch other tours. It's it's validated everywhere. Uh, so I'm excited. You know, 2024 is in the fall of this year as well. It's going to be a great uh, moment in time uh, when we bring back a you know, a rebirth of a legacy, as we call
0: it. As far as the timing goes, you know, and people always wonder about this, like how do you determine when you're going to release a product in the fall versus like the beginning of the year? Is it to try and give Spider kind of more of this, this spotlight and center stage by releasing it in, in the fall? Like what, why, why release it now versus wait until the beginning of the year when all the other major products are coming out?
2: Well, I think you answered it right there, Jonathan. Um, it's the if we launch Spider in the spring, it gets a little lost with the driver launches, not only from TaylorMade but from all the other major OEMs. So, also the reconstruction of the PGA Tour schedule. Um, also, you know, the fall finish, getting off to a good start for next year. I think in putter sales specifically, you know, you want to see, we want to see our TaylorMade putters. You know, shining uh, on Sundays, winning tournaments, Uh, getting that worm camera and and watching a player be successful with a putter. Um, You know, that directly translates to guys like you and I um, walking into retail and and purchasing a putter because you're seeing folks that are successful with it. And, um, you know, we're not blind to see that, you know, we haven't seen uh, GT and GTX be as successful on those worm camera shots. Um, And we're looking to change that. So we're coming back in a big way with two shapes that are familiar. Uh, but we also have two brand new shapes in, in what we're calling our spider tour series line.
0: So I was gonna save this question for later in the interview, but you mentioned tour. It's Scotty Scheffler obviously was was really the first guy to to showcase a prototype version of of the new spider tour during the FedEx Cup playoffs. And that, that makes me wonder like what are the expectations out on tour for for usage uh, for this upcoming season and, and what have other guys who have, you know, seen spider Tour, maybe even tested like some of the early prototypes, what have they been saying about these new putters?
2: Sure. Um, well, a good friend of mine, uh, our tour at Bucky Co has been out there, uh, working really hard with these players and we showed, uh, our athletes, the spider putters, at, in Chicago, the BMW championship. And we had Scotty, uh, obviously, you saw him put in play that Spider Tour Series X. What Scotty really liked was the True Path. Um, you know, we that's the alignment cue uh, in True Path that that white uh, allows uh, really helped him with alignment. But each player is different in their own right. Uh, Colin Mark Howell, when we worked with him, he's a huge fan of the pure roll insert. Uh, that insert provides him a, a better role uh, when we get him on Quintech. And such, so right now, uh, Roy McElroy obviously he, his old trustee is at Spider X, um, and right now he he's got several. Each athlete, frankly, has several prototypes that they're all home with now, uh, and it's it's their option to to work with it. You know, to to answer your question, in the past too, as well as you know, let these our thought process was let them take their time during this fall season or off season before we get into next year and get this putter in their hands early, get them comfortable with it uh, so that we can get off to a quick start uh, for the PGA tour season coming
0: up. So weekend golfers are going to see the release of spider tour. And, you know, I I think back to last year when I saw GT max, And all of this incredible adjustability that it had. And there was also GTX. And I think the obvious question for golfers is like, where does Spider Tour fit in into the lineup with like GTX and GT Max? Is it gonna be just is this simply another addition to the putter lineup to go alongside like some adjustable options, or is this gonna be like a full-on replacement to, to last year's putters?
2: Well, the Spider Tour Series line that you see will will carry us through 24. Uh, the GT Max will still uh, be you know sold through next year as well. But just to take a step back, I mean the purpose of the Spider GT and that was that anodized aluminum top. We we carried that in several colors: black, red, silver, and it had that those those wings. the The purpose of that product was to create different CG, uh, more forward CG. In fact. Uh, someone like a Ricky Fowler, we saw him play the Spider GT for a little while. He's someone that plays a blade, uh, but he understands the the benefits of that high MOI that a Spider provides. And so GT was developed uh, to really convert a blade player and, and get them in a mallet like Dustin Johnson on Live. He was using that GT for a long while too. Then GTX came and we we brought a uh, that that big back bar in the back. Uh, we added TruePath for the alignment, and that was our flagship putter for 23. The Spider GTX uh, had a CG or an MOI property. It's very similar to Spider Tour, uh, but we were giving the the customer new looks and feels. Uh, but what we understood in in tour feedback. Again, you see Roy McIlroy. He he loves the shape. It takes a while for these guys to get comfortable with the shapes. Um, and so we're playing it safe with bringing to market a tour and an X. You know, there's there's a lot of internal construction I'd love to get into in terms of how they were made. Uh, but we also have some two new looks in our so the the lineup is the Spider Tour Series, Spider Tour Series X, Spider Tour Series Z, and the V.
0: And and I definitely want to get into the to the different models in the lineup, but. Um... I want, I want to know with with Spider Tour because it is it is a, a product that you released previously. How long does it take to go from concept to final product with a known like Spider Tour versus something that's completely new, like a let's say like a GT Max?
2: Sure. So so just a the GT Max was a putter where. That our daddy long legs putter was an enormous shape. The, the head it almost looked like it could receive a radio signal. Um, the cool thing about GT Max is that we've uncovered the same amount of stability in a relatively small head. And that's thanks to the two 40 gram tungsten weights that slide along that bar. And it's really awesome to go through a putter fitting uh, with GT Max because. What you're really doing is you're evaluating the player's stroke type, and you're either going to have maximum forgiveness and, and less twisting with the weights shoved in the back. But what you also have is when you slug 80 grams of weight all the way far forward to the face, now you have a mallet putter that that has forward CG properties in and wants to swing. And, and what I've really loved showing that putter uh, to staff professionals, customers, the like, you can feel that. That backstroke, you you can feel it play like a blade. So um, that that really right there unlocked a a, a great product um, that's definitely worth worth looking at in GT Max. And I, I know that that putter hasn't had as much uh traction on tour, but boy, uh, that putter is is uh, is is really a feat to our engineering team in terms of delivering a a putter that has really good stability in a relatively small shape. Um, but you know the. It takes us several years. Uh, the, the beauty of the new Spider Tour Series lineup is we've taken a little bit of inspiration from what we've done with our Stealth HD and, and working with our irons team. Um, they use uh, a thin wall undercut. And what that is, is it's a one piece construction. If you could remember our Spider Tour of old, it was two pieces and you had um, areas of the putter where there was unneeded weight. Uh, or also, if you looked at our Spider X, it was a frame and then we kind of had a piece of carbon composite in, in the middle where where we you know, obviously pushed weight out to the extremities. Well, in this time, and when you take a look at our new Spider Tour Series line, it's a one-piece construction with thin wall castings. And that way, that enables us to move weight uh, very precisely where we need it. And and if the, the other addition underneath the hood there is that we have our echo dampening system that hybrid damper forward to the face, so just like our game improvement irons where we have these thin wall undercuts and that casting, um, that damper plays a huge part in the sound. So I think what the customers are really going to see in our new Spider Tour series lineup is not only does it look great, but it's going to sound really crisp. Uh, that putter sounds really beautiful and it's thanks to that damper that's, that's in there underneath the hood.
0: So there's five models in this lineup. Uh, I know you mentioned the four there's, there's also the, the spider tour S, but like five, five's a pretty big number for, for, for a, for a spider tour lineup. Um, why was five the perfect number for this particular lineup? And did you consider keeping it smaller than five or even expanding it beyond that number?
2: Well, um, our Spider S will, will come to market in March. It's a it's a larger head, uh, but frankly, uh, a reaction to how we've seen so many folks successful with counterbalance. Uh, you got a lot of you know we had a we had a winning putter at the Open uh, using a counterbalance grip. Uh, what you'll see in market is uh, we will have a 17-inch Super Stroke uh, 3.0, uh, a wider uh, grip uh, on our Spider Tour. So for the fall, we'll we'll have a counterbalance option in the spider tour shape, and then we'll have those four models uh, that I mentioned. Uh, and then come March, uh, that spider S will be a, a larger head, and that will be uh, of a head weight that is best suited for folks looking for that counterbalance option um, arm lock. You know, basically, whenever you're introducing these longer grips, you need to make a head that's heavier. So that that uh, spider S will be. A perfect club for folks, you know, wanting to explore those larger grips. That's a that's a big trend, both on tour and at, and at retail.
3: What what about
0: the like? Can you just and I you don't need to go too in depth on it, but like, what are the the high level differences between the tour, the X, the Z, and the V? Sure.
2: Each putter has different levels of CG either whether it's CG farther back or CG farther forward, and also different levels of forgiveness. So for a player looking for the most stable back CG putter, that spider tour is gonna to be that the choice for them. Um, the, we have implemented our TSS weights, that's the tailor swing weight system. Those TSS weights are used in our driver. So kind of paying homage to how we, we use those old super quad weights into the original spider. But the weights are furthest back in the Spider Tour, giving the player the most stability. Uh, Then next, more further down the line would be Spider X, where that CG is a little farther forward, very forgiving putter. Uh, But as and then those TSS weights are a little farther forward. But the the new models, the Z and the V, uh, when you take a look underneath that at the sole of the putter, there the TSS weights are, are far forward. So each putter. Uh, Swings a little differently and and just as players will come in, you know, we've gotten great feedback We've you know Fleetwood he loved the the look of the the Z because the the frame of the putter You know a lot of the putter was sitting down on the ground Um, And then we've had uh, numerous players enjoy the look of the V that that that's a putter shape that is really streamlined The wings have been taken out and that putter will swing a little bit more like a blade Uh, The other thing I'm really excited about is each putter Uh, You know, we're pretty famous for having that small slant. The Tour and the X will have a 70-degree slanted hosel, and that's the exact same hosel we used uh, or or shape of the hosel that we used on original Spider Tour. But when we unlocked the Spider GT, we used an 80-degree more vertical hosel. And so we're using that 80-degree vertical hosel on the two new models, the Z and the V. Uh, So there's a different shape there in terms of the small slant. Uh, And that's, that's for players looking for a little toe hang in their putter. Uh, But we also are introducing a new double bend structure. Um, And that's been more positively received uh, notably by Tommy Fleetwood, where the putter just really shows an excellent face angle at address. Um, It just shows a little half shaft offset on it and um, really frames the ball nicely. So there's a new double bend structure. We've been running single bend for a few years now. Uh, So I think that'll be a nice eye catcher um, is that new double bend shaft.
0: So you mentioned the the Spider Tour S, which is a, a larger profile. It's going to have the the longer grip. It's not coming out until the spring. What what's the what's the reasoning behind holding that one back and releasing it later down the road instead of now with with the other four models?
2: Uh, well, frankly, it was a reaction to to all the 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 success that Counterbalance has had. Uh, so, you know, quite frankly, just reacting to the market um, just giving players, you know, putters are, are um, you know, they go hot and cold <laughs> very quickly. Uh, you know, we see we, we've brought to life um, different versions of Spider X and that putter, you know, launched, you know, in 2017, but we still see it out there in market. So, you know, what we want to do is is just have a lot of offerings and, and, you know, never give a player an excuse to play another brand. Uh, knowing that that they should find a putter that works for them uh, within the tailor-made stable of products.
0: You mentioned the the hybrid material that was uh, used most recently in the Stealth and the Stealth HD irons to help tune the the sound and the feel. Is is it the same that that hybrid that's housed inside the the Spider Tour head? Is it the same material found in the irons, or do you have to tweak it at all for the putter?
2: Yeah, the material is just it's called hybrid. And it's shaped and in, into a so the shape of it is different but um it all to fit within the back wall cavity um, so it's it's obviously a, a shape that can fit within that head uh, but really it's it's just placed behind the face to dampen unwanted vibrations uh that's delivering premium sound on every pot uh, but that's really what's noticeable you know for you and I uh, you know that sound and feel you know very similar and you know, when you roll pots Um, you know, that it's, it's the sound that that's going to give you confidence on the green. Um, if we didn't have that piece of high bar damper, this putter would not sound very good. And that's, that's because of the the way that that, what we call steel wire frame, that one piece construction, uh, you got to have that damper in there in order for the putter to sound good.
0: I know you mentioned you worked directly with the iron team to add that dampener to the head. Has the putter team always collaborated with with other teams at TaylorMade, or is that something that's increased in frequency in recent years? Well,
2: I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm on my 11th year at TaylorMade. Uh, Jonathan, I'm so proud to work at TaylorMade. Uh, the reason what brings me into work is this great group of people that we get to work with. Um, and I work every day in the product creation team, and I'm working with custom. I'm working with our Irons team. I'm working with our Metalwoods team and you know we'll we'll play golf together. Uh, we are talking about each other's products all the time. Um, and it's we have found that it's useful to talk about manufacturing techniques because it can help us relate it to our products. So, you know, our company is not going to be successful if we all work in silos. Um you know, look at look at our very popular striped golf ball, right? Uh, matches beautifully with our true path. And that just comes from hallway discussions with Michael Fox, our product category director for golf ball. And, you know, we really are a team like, um, you know, you see on our bags, team TaylorMade, you know, it's a um, Mr. Abel has created a great culture here at TaylorMade that I think is second to none. And, and again, it's, it's what, you know, inspires me to come to work every day and uh, build great product. That's not only validated on tour, but um, you know, we're successful in the marketplace.
0: I'm going to get into a couple of nerdy questions here. Yeah. Uh, a lot of golfers are very sensitive to how the ball feels coming off the face. And, and it makes me wonder, knowing that, that Spider Tour has that, that Purell insert, is it the same as the original? How, how how much has the recipe been tweaked on that insert since the the first one came out in 2008?
2: Sure, yeah. The, the, the first one that came out was our AGSI insert. The inserts have changed uh, a lot over the years. What I will say is this insert is the exact same insert as will be used on Spider X. And it was our most positively received, you know, whether it's the material, or the thickness, they're all that 45 degree angled groove to deliver pure roll. Um, but we have experimented with, with different materials. Uh, our pure roll two insert that was in spider GT, for example, that had uh, a co-molded insert where the beams made of uh, metal were free flowing without the insert, and it tested beautifully uh, because the the walls of the pure roll were not restricted. Uh, but it didn't sound good, and it came off too hot off the face. And I think folks are always lis- listening to the sound; they're trying to understand how you know we i remember when we launched our black spider and our red spider the black had a firmer insert that 80 to 20 insert and that was the putter dustin johnson used and then we used a full Serlin insert the one that john rom used um that full Serlin insert seems to be the nice recipe that just knocks on sound and performance so you know basically we're the insert in all of these spider tour series lineup is the full Serlin insert that you can that if you've ever played a copper spider X, it's 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 that same insert.
0: So golfers are also gonna see the, the small TSS weights in certain locations all over the putter head. And they're gonna obviously wonder what the benefit is behind moving them around. What would your answer be? if somebody started picking up all these different putters and and saying, I see the weights, but they're not in the same location on each head.
2: Sure. So as I said before, each uh, putter has its own level of stability. The, if you're looking for, if your stroke type begs the necessity for a little more face rotation, then I would recommend our Z and our V models as those weights are further forward to the face. One thing that's really cool about the weights that's ex- that's exciting for our experiential sales reps, that if you and I were to walk into any demo day, those weights are commonly found everywhere. Uh, one thing that's going to be neat that we're introducing in our custom department, so say Jonathan, you custom order a putter, you'll be able to down select a heavy head option, uh, a standard head weight option, or a light headweight option so what this is allowing us to do is take a part that is commonly used to optimally swing weight our drivers and we can use that same weight system to give players what they're looking for whether they want heavy standard or light
0: i feel like that's a really important part of the equation you know we talk so much about driver fittings and iron fittings but but getting fit for your putter like you mentioned being able to have a weight setup that is geared for your stroke type, geared for your your feel preferences. That's so important. So to be able to to add that as an option, I think is certainly something that hopefully golfers don't just go pick up off the rack. That they they take the time to to see what weight setup is right for them.
2: Jonathan, it's all about getting back to zero face angle at impact. That's what we found. You know. Uh, at the kingdom that we have across the street, we have the benefits of calibrating folks' strokes using Quintec, but not everybody gets that opportunity to, to be in front of that. What's really neat and what I personally learned a lot in the development of GT Max is understanding how CG works in, within a player's putting stroke. When the weight is farthest back in the putter, it slows down your rotation. So I'm a player who grew up playing like the 8802, you know, a blade just a true classic blade. And I'm just like a lot of others where maybe I'm dating myself, but I programmed my swing, my putting stroke for a lot of rotation. And it's really beneficial to to have a putter that's slowing down said rotation. Right. So I'm someone that really benefits from like the playing properties of spider tour uh, with the weights all the way back. So Putter fitting is huge. Um, the CG locate, you know, going through the standard interview of like, hey, what's your favorite putter? What did you like about it? Um, you know, asking good questions like that, optimizing, you know, in a putter fit, Jonathan, you want to make sure the length of the putter is correct. You want to make sure the lie of the putter is correct. And often that doesn't go unnoticed is making sure they're fit for loft. You know, the, the loft of the putter and the way that the insert works, that's, that's also something to, to calibrate as well. Um, we do offer the ability to strengthen or weaken your putter loft, but that's also part of the equation too. Um, and then, you know, cool tour feedback. I, one of the cool things at work, I do get to interact with our tour pros. I was talking to Colin Morikawa at last year's photo shoot and talking about uh, your comment to weights. Colin told me he likes to use the the light head, the light sole weights in his TP putter uh, when he goes across. Uh, overseas uh greens are a little slower he likes to feel of that lighter putter um so you know tour pros they calibrate week to week as we all know uh but when he gets over to augusta he's slugging in the the, the heavyweights uh he likes to you know feel that that heavier putter when he gets on fast surfaces so he carries around uh, the sole weights in a little bag and, and he's calibrating week to week all
0: right last one for you what's the one piece of tech inside spider tour that golfers might miss or not appreciate as much as they should, that's gonna make the biggest impact on their game.
2: Well definitely the 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 echo damper, uh, because that's what's really delivering that the great sound. But I think visually it would be the introduction of TruePath that's on top of the spider tour. Uh the world has not seen the spider tour with with TruePath. And that's really what what I think is going to be the eye catching uh moment for when you're you know, visit our website or go into retail and and you know see these putters for the first time. The true path is is very intentional. Uh, heck, when we took it away, Jonathan, the tour pros players all came back and said, "Hey, what happened to the true path?" So the true path is it's it's the white sight line on top of the putter where it's optically engineered to give you a clear path to the hole. And when you're putting your putt, you know you see that white kind of strip just coming across through impact. And you're making you have to align really well in order to be successful here. And and that's what true path does. It, it enables the players to to line themselves up better. And that had played a big role into Scotty moving into that putter or at least experimenting with it. Um yeah, you know, because he 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 told us he he loved the true path. So you know depending on where he goes, whether he goes to the, uh, another brand or sticks with us. We have lots of prototypes with him. We're obviously trying to do our best to get him into, into a tailor-made putter. Uh, but I can assure you that no matter what model he chooses, uh, that, that putter is definitely not true bad
0: Patrick, this is a lot of fun, man. Thanks for taking the time to talk Spider Tour, Putter Tech, and congrats again on the release of Spider Tour. Hey, thanks,
2: Jonathan. Happy to be here.
0: And thanks again to Patrick for the time. Boys? It's my favorite time of the podcast. It is fully equipped. Hotline time. Everybody's smiling because they're happy because you know there are some questions. I think I said this on a previous pod, but I've now seeded all of the the hotline questions to coach, so that even even yours truly has no idea what's coming, and I like that. So, without further ado, coach. Do your worst
1: All right, Kicking it off With a good one This guy just Simply wants to know Where the bags are
0: Hey guys Robert Lugtu From the
1: Bay
2: Area Inquiring minds Want to know When a tour pro Gets a new bag Special bag Like at the open Or some other event You know That they play For that event What happens With the old bag Does it go back On the tour truck And do they send it To their home Or where does it go Inquiring minds Want to know Thanks
0: RB Finger up
1: I know exactly where they go. That's a good question. Um, so I can think they uh, definitely at the at the PGA and at the U.S. Open this year, uh, got was lucky to go to both of them. And there are special edition bags that are given to players. Uh, they box them up. So like they those boxes either get shipped to the golf course or they are on the truck when they get there. Obviously, some of the smaller OEMs, they're not smaller OEMs. Some of the teams have smaller uh, play, like numbers of players. So they get shipped on the truck or with the truck. And I've seen tour reps load up their rental cars and drive straight to a FedEx or UPS store with the, and they go right back to the. So all the ones that are not the special edition ones go in the boxes that the special edition ones came in and go right back to the players' uh, houses or home courses or wherever they they want them shipped, wherever their address is. It's uh, it's not a, it's not a fancy process. Let me tell you, those reps work their freaking tails off, and I don't think people realize how hard they work when it comes to those weeks. Because it's not just showing up; it's breaking down trucks, it's running to the the UPS and shipping stores to get all the stuff taken care of before they close. It is a it is a hectic logistical nightmare to get a lot of this stuff there. But gosh, they look cool on the range.
3: I yeah, wonder. I do. wonder is there is there an aftermarket for that? You know, how many or like the special many- edition bags? Well, they oh, do sell right. them. Yeah. yeah, or any 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 tour bag. I mean, you know, how many bags is a tour player going to hold on to before they, you know?
0: Well, depends uh, on if lot- you are like Charles Hal the Third or KJ Choi, two of the the biggest club hoes on on planet Earth. I mean, they probably have every single staff bag they've ever used full of clubs. But yeah, I, I think I think a lot of pros they will donate them to charity events. They might give their staff bag to the their their home club to display it there. There's they, they find a place for them unless it's a really special one. Maybe it's a a major bag that they used when they want to, when they want a major, they might first major. Yeah. Yeah. First major, you know, some, some of these guys will keep them around, but it there's, yeah, there's, there's a, there is a market for them, but they usually find a place once the season's done to, to deposit them or (laughs) just get rid of them, get the new
3: one out. Okay, next question. Question number two. Yep, question number two. Little bachelor party advice needed from you guys. Oh, Lord. Hey,
0: Toy clip Bob from SC. Survived the hurricane, got everything cleaned up. Appreciate y'all. Best podcast in the business. Uh, Got two trips coming up. A bachelor party, and a bachelor party at Pinehurst, actually. And a little golf trip down to Santee. What are your best?
2: Accessories to take on golf trips. I mean speakers, you know, things like that.
1: Have a good time, not necessarily clubs. Thanks. I'm a big fan of rock
3: form speakers. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say so that. So <laughs> it's just I knew that was you, man. Talk about teeing <laughs> it up. That was just I knew that one was coming. Continue you got, I mean, RB.
1: No, I mean, I, I, I wrote about how to travel with your clubs recently. Uh, I think one is if you're traveling and you're pulling your clubs apart, make sure you bring a wrench when you get there. Um, but I think, ex, you know, you know I, I always make a joke that, like, when you're traveling for golf or just traveling in general, like, I'm always like Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. Or that could be a reference, like, depending on how old you are. Um, but change your socks. Change your damn socks, right? You don't want – you got to take care of your feet. You're on your feet a lot. You're out there. You want good footwear. Uh, extra An extra couple of pairs of shoes. Is always is always the big one for me, or like you know flip flops or slides or whatever, whatever you ever want to call recovery footwear. If you're out, out on your feet a lot, that's my big thing. But other than that, I mean, I just bring your bring your normal stuff, you know whatever whatever it is that, that allows you to have fun on the golf course. I mean, those are the things that you want. And if you're going to these big resorts, you're probably going to accessorize anyways. You might get I don't know a bag tag or ball marker or some tees or whatever it happens to be. So I can't I mean I can't think of anything that's like crazy. And plus I'm 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 old now. I don't know how many bachelor parties I have left in me. I haven't done one. uh, I don't think I ever. I think I did like mine. That was it.
0: So liquid IV,
3: liquid IV, and ibuprofen. That's what I can tell you.
0: (laughs) You guys stole wine. I was going to say as as somebody who's who's quickly approaching the the big four zero. Advil, Tylenol, some something is is like a like you got to have enough. So just just get a giant bottle, bring it with you if you don't already do that. Thank me later. Yeah, if you're going on a if you're going on a buddy's trip or or a or bachelor party, you're going to play a lot of golf. Two pairs of shoes—that's like a given. Um, and and also
3: realize based on how much you imbibe that at some point or another you will forget how to swing a golf club, and you will be standing out there, and your golf swing <laughs> will disappear on you. So have a Go to kind of half or three quarter swing so you don't make a complete fool out of yourself as you stumble back to the cart and move on. I I, I found that's also good to have, you know, in uh, in cases like that. I I would so say,
0: thing- uh, sorry, RB. I was just gonna I was gonna say, make sure you have enough like tees and ball markers. I know probably people are laughing, like oh man, I'm going someplace. I'll have plenty of those. But like when you're on a bachelor party trip or you're like playing with buddies, like you forget stuff all the time. I do. I, I I forget the simple stuff and I was like, oh crap, I forgot, you know, fill in the blank. And if you just have the simple necessities with you, T's enough T's, uh, and like a couple of ball markers, I usually try and keep my ball markers like I I don't use. And I don't know if I've ever gotten into this topic, but I don't, I, I hate the like poker chips and any, any of that stuff that's like a size of a freaking manhole cover. I, I hate those giant ball markers get some you know get a get a standard quarter or dime or whatever if you've got a ball marker from a course you've played that can you know be pushed into the to the ground great but like get get something that's a reasonable size and just have a few of those on you so you're not that guy who's using a t or something where your buddy's gonna be you know going over a speed bump as he's trying to make a, a you know a clutch 10 footer and he just pushes it offline and it smacks into your you know, giant poker chip. So yeah, simple things.
1: The one thing that I've started carrying a lot, and I don't know if it's because I, I film a little bit more when I'm out on the golf course, but a battery pack backup and, a, and a charger for my phone, whether it be, so if I'm in a cart and I don't, and I'm, I'm mostly a walker, but, um, when I, you know, when I go a lot of places, like they just, you just instinctively get carts or they just have carts or whatever it happens to be. And they might have the USB plug-in into the cart where you can charge your phone, which is sick. It's like one of my favorite little golf cart accessories when they have the little thing you can flip up and you can plug your USB into, uh, or just bring your charger pack. Cause I, there's nothing worse, whether you're listening to music or not, either out of your phone or out of the speaker and you look down or using your GPS. Like you know, I use, I'm an Arcos user. Uh, and it doesn't really drain your battery because I have the extra little external thing that they have. Um, but to, to be on like the 17th hole or, you know, even if it's the the 12th hole, you're like, Oh crap, my battery's got 15% left. <laughs> that's, that's a stressful time to be on the golf. course. you you're like, well, you know, I'll turn my screen brightness down and I'll do all this other stuff. And if you have the charger pack, it's an easy thing you don't have to worry about. And it's, it's become a, a thing just for on the golf course in general, I'd like to have. So that's a good one. Especially again, if you're out there and you're, you know, you're out in the sun, you're, Walking around, it's a good thing to have.
3: Okay, last one for you guys. Uh, voice may sound familiar, but the question was very fitting and a nice transition
1: into our plans for next week. Hey, guys.
2: Cup, who do y'all think is going to win? I think, I, I don't want this to happen, but I think the Americans are going to get both. And I hope it ain't because of the thing. But uh need to go back to, like, at least eight guaranteed spots, but we'll see. I think the Europeans are going to whoop our tails. I hate that, but I think that's going to happen. Mean, have a great
0: day, Gene is always the voice of reason. In <laughs> this is this is Gene. This is Gene has paid somebody to to call. I swear him. we don't know this guy. He's the voice of reason. This is this is not real. I'm sorry. <sighs>
3: call shenanigans i like the shenanigans
0: (laughs) all right well the the, the real question yeah what the real question here is Uh, who's gonna win
1: i i'm gonna agree with our caller i'm a neutral party in this um even though we are north south neighbors, but I uh, I think the Euros are going to win. I know they have probably have a, a less deep team in general. If you look at like just rankings and some of the other players just coming into form, but uh, I mean Wentworth was a good. I mean a lot of them played really well anyways. But it was a very Euro heavy team um, leaderboard or whatever. Either way or field I should say. But I, I just think that there's I don't know there's something about it when they get over there, and you know, I'll again I'll say this is like a. a you know, outside looking in party i feel like american media gets really pumped up and then it's kind of like well let's lower your expectations but before we get to lowering our expectations let's like make sure that we degrade the captain who's going over there i know Zach johnson doesn't seem to have a lot of confidence in a lot of people and i think his pre- his press conference recently was not great um and it was awful it was so bad like here the one thing that i will say is like and actually it was, I think it was uh Deion Sanders interview recently, right? Everyone's talking Dion right now. But like leaders, leaders, even if you're wrong, okay. And and I'm not saying that he was wrong, but like someone who, even if you're wrong, you're leading your troops in a battle, like you have to say it with confidence. And I'm sorry, but Zach Johnson does not inspire confidence at all. Like he's just like, well, you know, like, oh, this is our business and blah blah blah. It's like, no, no, you need to like project confidence all the time. And he just doesn't seem to do that. He maybe he's great at doing it on the golf course. But as like a personality, as someone who has to do that, he just—I don't think he's very good at it. And I think that's where this a lot of this, like oh, we know, we're going go to go into our asses, get kind of thing. It really comes from. Um, but I mean, the Americans, I do believe, have a deeper team. But I think that the the way that performance is going to go, I, I you know, I'm gonna, I'm going Euros. Uncle Gene,
3: yeah, <laughs> wait for you, you guys. Know, let me take you know, this one as the. You know it's it's interesting because. I agree with what R B saying that and I agree with, with the caller too. I mean, I'm just I'm kinda like thinking about it and I'm looking at the teams. What's interesting is um, you know, if you look at overall records, the US team, you know, just surely the number of majors is is on But then you look at how these guys are playing right now, none of them really, except with the exception of maybe Sheffler, are really and maybe Homa, but, you know, Ricky had his like run and everything, but then you look at the European team and you've got Rory, Rom and Hoblin. And, you know, if it comes down to singles matches, ugh, it's, it's like in baseball, having a really strong starting pitching. Um, I, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to give the nod, I think to the Europeans, especially on their home turf.
0: Yeah, i I really hate agreeing with both of you, but it it's Europe's going to win. So the last time that the U.S. won on European soil was 1993, and five Americans and six Europeans who are playing in next week's Ryder Cup weren't even born. The last time that the U.S. won on European soil, there's something about it. I I don't know what the crowds are going to be like in Rome. That will be interesting. I, I know the I know the the European crowds travel regardless of where it is, but I just don't know how like golf crazy Rome, like how golf crazy are the Italians gonna be. Because that ultimately is what determines the Ryder Cup, is it's like stepping into the cauldron. Uh like that's that's what kind of separates. That, that's what gives these teams an edge whenever they play on home soil. And if you look at the teams, man, it, uh, yeah, Hovland, Rom, Rose, Rory. Um, but I think it's like the X factors. I love that. I love that Luke Donald picked uh, Ludwig Aberg. I mean, that guy is going to be an absolute monster for years to come but I think he's going to make a name for himself next week. And they've got Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood's back in form. So yeah, they've, they've got a terrifying group. And I think the fact that they're playing on a home soil and Zach Johnson, you know, he's played on five Ryder cup teams, but he's only ever won once. And I do agree that he doesn't really inspire confidence. So give me the Europeans. I
1: think it, it comes down to, to like, I think, and this is, this is less even like a golf conversation, but uh, I've never been someone who, and I, I, even now, like I still kind of like laugh when I see like people who are like motivational speakers and they get up there and they like, they basically tell you the things that you want to hear, but they just say them with a lot of enthusiasm. And it's like, Oh yeah, I just charged you $250 to like hear the same thing that you already knew kind of thing. Right. And I, I still don't think, and, and maybe it's just cause like I've been someone who's like fairly self-motivated my entire life, but it doesn't mean that there are times and it's like you need someone to like, you know, kick your ass in a high gear, like tell you to do something. Right. And I think with the the Europeans, they, they've they've always had this, uh, the, the way the team is organized, the way things are run, the way that just the I know the captaincy has been different this year be, with Luke rather than Henrik and all this stuff. But like they have this they, they do almost from like a society standpoint, from a culture standpoint, they seem to be like, look, we're all going to work on this together. Right. And I think in general, like that has always been the way that they do it. The Americans have always been more individualized. It's just part of the, part of the way that uh, I think the United States and professional sports has kind of always been like, even if you're part of an NFL team, like people are individualized, right? Like you can cheer and raw and all that stuff and work together, but you know, you're, you're the one getting your signing bonus, not the guy next to you. Right. And, there there with golf i think there's this there's this team component where you know they have the opportunity where they can sit guys like lowry and rose and Aberg if they have to or uh bob mcintyre until singles and i think those players are going to be like okay like i'll do what's best for my team but you think if, if i don't know can or someone is going to be like well you know you already played this morning you're going to sit like do you think he's you know with his golden sacks hat's going to be like okay i'll be fine guys no like you know he's <laughs> he doesn't seem like that type of player and there's, oh, there's man. just that, and I, that's why they don't want to have the Netflix cameras in there and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's like,
0: well, they don't want to have them in there because if they, if they get blitzed, you know, yeah. it's going to get heated in that locker room.
1: I, and I, I, did, I do, I just think it's, it's a, there's a difference of mentality in these events. And yes, the Americans absolutely tuned last time. It wasn't even close. Yeah. But there's just there's something about it. There's going to be an X factor, and I think that X factor is going to play, play a really huge role.
0: Yep. All right. So before we wrap episode 208 of Fully Equipped, just wanted to let everybody know about a programming note for next week. So with the Ryder Cup, we are going to be deploying an interview-only episode with Parker McLaughlin. Parker, for those of you who don't know, is I would say probably the hottest name in the golf instruction space at the moment. He is a... Man, I... I call him a short game whisperer because he's been doing some pretty special things with pros, namely Keith Mitchell and Colin Morikawa, as well as uh, Bo Hostler and Joel Damon. And we spent or I spent an hour with him in the uh, fully equipped studio in Scottsdale going through so many topics. We touched on his introduction. For those of you who don't know, he helped introduce the flight lines, on the Voki wedge line that help you know wh- how to position your wedge to hit different shots. We also discuss a whole lot about golf instruction, especially pertaining to the everyday golfer. We get into even some more personal stuff about you know, him growing up around a mother who was an, a volleyball stud. She played on Team USA. What that was like, when did he first fall in love with the game? It's a really fun interview. Parker's a really good dude. I think you're going to enjoy it. So make sure that you tune in next week to hear that full interview. And with that, let's put a bow on fully equipped for this week. As always, if you want that social goodness, check us out on social media. We are at fully underscore equipped on Twitter and at fully golf on Instagram. Thank you as always for listening. Enjoy the Ryder Cup. We'll see you in a few weeks.